Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Talking some fantasy uh, football here, juggling along with George Kurtz and uh, the fantasy prince, Sean Engel, hanging out with us too, pushing all the right buttons to make us sound good. And you sound marvelous there, George, I have to say. Simply marvelous? Simply marvelous. So we've been going over some uh, fantasy football players coming off of injuries. And uh, let's uh, let's take a look at uh, Will Fuller coming off of a wide receiver for the Texans, coming off of an ACL. I th- I think you could call him injury prone. No, George. I mean, yeah, he has a when he's when he's when he's playing, uh, he has a nice uh, connection with Deshaun Watson. Of course, the number one receiver there in uh, in Houston is DeAndre Hopkins, uh, arguably the best wide receiver. In uh, fantasy football, I mean, you can make arguments for others, but we'll say, you know, top three or so, right? And then you also have uh, on that roster uh, Kiki Kute, who I'm interested in. And I, I saw a tweet uh, from Mike Clay uh, from ESPN, uh, ESPN, ESPN <laughs> saying that uh, Kute, in the five full games that he played, he had 50 targets. And DeAndre Hopkins had 47 targets. So I gave you a lot to, to, to go over here. But uh, Will Fuller coming off the ACL, you know, a deep ball threat, uh, you know, obviously a good you know, connection with Watson. And, uh, and then maybe you could talk a little bit about Kiki Kute as well. Kiki Cutie. Cutie. All mm. right. So uh, listen, we, uh, I think we, we look at it like this. Uh, Lamar Miller. Is not going to be able to get really a job done at running back. They don't have a great running attack, so they're going to have to throw the ball to really move, to matriculate the football down the field. Always love, love, love that term, to matriculate the football down the field. Like uh, that. Like that. Yeah. The ball. I think yeah, like I like the way that sounds. I like the way that sounds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, mm-hmm. yes, if Fuller can stay healthy, if Fuller can stay healthy, he'll have a big season. You know, uh, I think he can have a wide receiver two season, mid range wide receiver two. The problem is. You know, can he stay healthy? I, I don't right. know. You know, I don't think anybody knows. History, once again, history tells us probably not. And I, I tend to go by history. Uh, I think when you're saying someone is injury prone, I mean, I don't just look at, oh, he's had two injuries, he's injury prone. You know, because I want to say, what kind of injuries are there? You know, were they, if we're talking soft tissue, yes, I worry about those. I worry about those mm-hmm. a lot. Because that, 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 that seems to happen all the time. Uh, so when I see soft tissue injuries, uh, I, I get much more worried than, you know, more like bad luck. You know, like, for instance, you know, you look at Aaron Judge in baseball. He's had injuries back-to-back years now. You know, last year, broken wrist. This year, the oblique. The oblique concerns me because that could be something that uh, goes on, and, you know, he can get multiple times. The broken wrist, he got hit with a baseball. I don't consider that, you know, him being injury-prone. So right now, I don't consider judge injury prone. It's one injury, the oblique. We'll see what happens next mm-hmm. year. If he happens mm-hmm. to get another injury, we'll revisit this. I look at the same thing with the football players. What kind of injury? We're talking about, you know, if you're always got a, a, groin, a sore groin, a pulled groin, a hamstring, you know, okay, then you're injury prone. You know, it just, some guys are. Their muscles are too tight, they're too taut, whatever it is, and they pull them too easily. You know, other guys, you know, they're very more loose. They can take, they can, they're Gumby out there. 
They can get hit every which way. Everything bends every which way, but they're always fine. So I think it depends on how you look at the player. Fuller is getting closer to that injury prone to me, though. That's my problem. Is that's mm-hmm, why I downgrade mm-hmm. him a little bit. Because, once again, whenever I say an over-under on a player, that means I think you're injury prone. And Fuller has an over-under for me. Mm-hmm. So just looking at where he goes in NFBC uh, leagues, he's the 35th wide receiver taken in drafts on average in a 12-team league will go, let's say, according to their ADP, probably in the eighth round. And uh, so right before him is Cortland Sutton from the Broncos. And right before him is a guy in, uh, it, uh, that I kind of like, Robbie Anderson, uh, that you could uh, grab uh, probably in the seventh round. Uh, and then uh, at, at number thirty, I'm just looking at that little uh, that little area there. Number thirty, Allen Robinson, the G, taking the sixth round. So uh, I guess you can't put Fuller along with Robbie Anderson and Allen Robinson because Robinson and, and Anderson are wide receiver ones on their team, right? Fuller is clearly uh, the wide receiver two on his team. Yeah, no, you're right. Obviously, Hopkins is the number one there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. you know, does Sam Donald make that next step or take that next step? Uh, Anderson, mm-hmm. another guy could be considered a head case at, at times. I think let's get uh, the better of him, but he's in a good situation because Le'Veon Bell's there, so he's going to take he's going to take a lot of that defense's attention. Team's going to want to stop Bell. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll see what Anderson can do. Like I said, but there's. You know, does Donald take that next step? Do the Jets open the offense up? What, can, what is Adam Gase going to do? I don't trust him either, by the way. But there's not really a lot else there for the uh, Jets to throw to. So I do like Robbie Anderson here. I'm not worried about uh, what uh, James Crowder, you know, Quincy and Newman. Nice guys, but nothing big there. But if, if Donald does take that next step, and I'm not talking all pro, but he takes the next step in his progression, yeah, I like what Robbie Anderson right. can do here. You get, get him as a low end two, wide receiver, more likely a wide receiver three. Yeah, I'm interested. I am. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the guy. The guy Cortland Sutton. I'm not interested. Uh, not so much about Sutton, by right. the way. It's just that I think, I think Denver's going to get wrecked. I think this is a bad team, and Joe Flacco is going to have a whole bunch of problems. And their schedule is brutal, brutal schedule for Denver. They're one of those teams where I am taking the under as far as wins this year. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We went over there. Uh... In a, about a month ago, their their schedule is, it is brutal. You're right, uh, and I had mentioned Allen Robinson, and I had also mentioned Kiki Kute. Kiki Kute in relation to to Fuller. Are you interested in in, in Kute? Uh, Kute is more a guy later in the draft. You know, uh, reserve wide receiver four. You know, flex type. I mean, a Scott Fishbowl where we have four flexes. One can be a quarterback. Sure. Yeah, he'll he'll start for you because you have so many flex positions. But in most leagues, you start two, uh, three wide receivers. Eh, probably not. You know, as far as a starter, do I mind having him on my uh, on my roster? Not at all. But as far as a starter, no, not as much. Allen Robinson. I mean, this guy is good. Just always seems to be in situations where they don't, you know not on throwing teams. You know, I wonder what numbers he could put up mm-hmm. with an Aaron Rodgers. You know, these guys are gonna throw the ball up and down the field. He doesn't have that. You know. Uh, didn't really have with Jackson. We know we know all the problems there. And now he's with Chicago, better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky, but still a team that wants to win with defense in the run game. You know, a throwing game is uh, not at the forefront. And, uh, and it's also playing in Chicago. We know the home games uh, later on in November, December. The weather can be a little brutal. They're hard to throw the ball there. So that's why it's hard to really like Robinson. But uh, still, I think he's a very good wide receiver. But once again, low-end wide receiver two, I'd rather have him as a wide receiver three. Listen, we'd always rather have the guy as the next tier down. might not be possible. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's what we'd like. I, we can like a guy wherever we want. It depends on where he's going to get drafted. Right, right. Uh, continuing on our analysis of uh, players coming off of uh, injuries, A.J. Green, uh, toe uh, injury last year, only played nine games, uh, 46 catches, 695 yards, six touchdowns. Not bad for, for a nine-game season. But uh, what do you think about uh, A.J. Green's outlook? He is uh, currently the 14th wide receiver being taken off the board for the Bengals. A.J. Green was having a monster season last year before the injury. All right? I mean, a monster season before that injury. And then he got hurt. And then, it, you know, uh, in, you know, in my home league, the league I'm the commissioner in, uh, it's points league. And I had a monster lead in that league. I mean, a league where you just can't lose unless everything goes wrong. And everything went wrong. Mm-hmm. I lost, uh, what, 
one of my two starting quarterbacks, all three of my starting wide receivers, A.J. Green, Odell Beckham was one. I forget who the third one was. My top tight end. I mean, I lost everybody. And uh, two of my top three running backs. It was it was just amazing. Wow. So that, that that's, yeah, yeah. One of those. <laughs> it's one of those things, man. One of the, And I ended up losing that, that in the second place. <laughs> Oh, just just mm-hmm. brutal high money league too. Uh, never never had a lead, never blew a lead that like that before. And Adrian Green was one of those players. Uh, so mm-hmm. just, I remember it very well. He was doing so well, and then everything went crashing down. Um, do I think he could do it again? Sure, but once again, I think he's another guy. I, I can't expect 16 games out of him. I think he'll get uh, beat up uh, as the season rolls along. Here, I handled Andy Dalton. I mean, come on. I mean, they probably should have taken Haskins at 11 this year in the draft. They passed up on it. They're playing for next season. They know when that's uh, the heavy quarterback draft, they'll draft the quarterback next year. And Dalton will be on his last legs. And Dalton's nothing special. He's just nothing special here. Uh, that being said, I have A.J. Green. Once again, I could say I'd rather him as a wide receiver, too. But he's more than likely a low-end wide receiver. One, going to be drafted probably in that 10 to 14 range, somewhere around there. Uh, I would take him over a Brandon Cooks, a Stefan Diggs, probably over a Woods, Cup, Jeffrey. But I would take, uh, in a PPR league, I would take Edelman over him, just a safer play there. But Tom Brady's going to catch a million passes this year. I would probably take Thielen over him. Cooper, I'm sort of 50-50 on. Depends on what you believe here. Uh, is he going to have that kind of year with Dallas? I think you need Cooper to catch those touchdowns. I think Green will catch more passes. I would probably take Green over Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, A.J. Green going uh, basically in the third round based on his NFPC uh, ADP in, in 12-team leagues. And then you got uh, Tyler Boyd, who was having a monster year as well, uh, but got hurt, played 14 games, and you could get him. According to their ADP, it looks like you could probably pick him up in the sixth round. When you, when you look at uh, through 14 games, Tyler Boyd, 76 uh, receptions, uh, 1,028 receiving yards and seven touchdowns. What do you think about Tyler Boyd for this year? I think his draft position may come up as the uh, as we go on here. I think a lot – once again, uh, Cincinnati, as we heard Mike Blewett during the promo, they lost another uh, – Offensive lineman, which means the run game may not be quite mm-hmm. as good as we expected it to be this year. And a lot of us were high on Joe Mixon a month ago. Now that expectation has gone the other way because of the uh, lack of offensive linemen there. I think Boyd ends up coming up around to the fifth round. So, yes, I- I'm on Boyd. Uh, you-, you said it perfectly. Had a big year last year until he got hurt, too. By the way, had him in that league, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> stay-, stay healthy. He's not a guy I consider injury prone. More bad luck last year. I, I the bottom line is this: the Bengals are going to have to throw throw the football. They're going to be trailing. They stink. Right? The, the defense isn't there. Mm. The offense is actually solid, but the defense isn't there. They're going to be trailing. Throw the ball a lot in the second half. I'll take uh, the Boyd on my team along with I'll say I want AJ Green. I don't want Dalton by the way. Not even in a two quarterback league. I'll pass. All right, um, Cooper Cup. I think you you mentioned him and. In terms of uh, you know wide receivers and where you would take him, so recovering from that torn ACL, wide receiver for the Rams, uh, toured it in uh, week ten, and there was a notable noticeable a drop off in uh, quarterback Jared Goff's production once Cooper Cup got hurt. Uh, Through eight games last season, forty catches, five hundred sixty six receiving yards, six touchdowns. Uh, is Cooper Cup somebody that uh, you're going to be targeting? Targeting? It's an interesting choice of a word there. Probably not because of where he's going. He's going about top 15, top 18 overall, mid-range raw, wide receiver of two, coming off the ACL. No, because, uh, once again, I'm a conservative. I'm not going to see a reason to take him around four, around five, and there are plenty of other guys who aren't coming off that kind of injury. I think listen, I think he'll be fine, but you never know for sure. Um, my thinking could change, of course, Joe. This is July 7th. By the time really the major drafts right. start, and, you know, six weeks from now, we'll, we will have seen him in training camp. We'll see what he looks like, and we'll have better reports. You know, right now he's not at full strength. He's close, but he's not at full strength, so I need to see that first. Uh, I'm surprised uh, people are assuming he's just going to bounce back. Uh, I can tell you from having that surgery, obviously I didn't have the same kind of care that these professional athletes have, but what they say is true. You really don't feel yourself for two years. You can play in one, but you don't really feel back to normal for two. And that always sticks with me mm-hmm. there for a guy who's going to rely on his cutting and stuff like that. So 
It's mainly because of where he's being drafted. I think it's just a little too high. Uh, I mean, once again, I'm looking at uh, the ESPN draft list here. He looks like he's about 15th overall. and 18th overall, I'm sorry. Uh, guys behind him, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Chris Godwin, who I'm big on in Tampa Bay. Uh, Hill, we just don't know how long he's going to get suspended for. Uh, Lockett, Watkins, Tyler Boyd, DJ Moore, uh, Robinson, Ridley. A couple of guys in there I like more. Not all of them, but a couple of guys I like more uh, than Cup just because of the injury here. If he was completely healthy, this would be a completely different kind of conversation. But uh, with mm. with him being coming off the ACL right now, I'm going to hedge a little bit. Robert Woods, uh, 18th uh, wide receiver taken off the board, according to NFBC. 130 targets last year, George. Uh, 86 catches, 1,219 receiving yards. Uh, touchdowns are a little low, I guess. Uh, decent. I mean, he had six. Um, uh, do, you lo- do you like him at where he's going? Uh, basically, the 12-team lead, probably the fourth round. And that's about where he should go. Right, I think it's about right there. Uh, you got 130 targets, which is 45 more than the year before. Wow, and uh, mm-hmm. somewhat a little surprising there that he had that many targets. But I think it's going to stay about the same. Now, once again, maybe he got all those targets because they lost Cup. So maybe it's not 130 yeah. this year. Maybe it's 110. You know, whatever number you want to drop it down to. Uh, but touchdowns, I do believe that's more. You know, I don't want to say luck, but I don't think there's a Oh, they're staying away from Woods in the end zone. I don't think it's that. So it could be more this year. It could be less. Could maybe he gets to eight. I think he's not going to be a 14 touchdown guy. That would be completely lucky. But I think he'll do better than six. Uh, Brandon Cooks, once again, your deep guy. Woods is more your intermediary. Cup could do a little bit of everything. So uh, you got to like the wide receiver core here. But there are three good guys. You know, so the bull has to be thrown around a lot. Uh, Gurley. We know he has all sorts of issues, but maybe they don't run the ball as much this year because of Gurley uh, needing some rest here. Maybe Henderson doesn't get the job done. Malcolm Brown doesn't get the job done. So it's it's tough not to like this wide receiver core. If I was to uh, rank mm-hmm. them, I mean, I, I'm a conservative. I like consistency. I probably like, would rather get Woods in round four than Cooks in round three. Mm. Yeah, when you do look at their wide receivers, we mentioned Cup, Woods. You mentioned Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds there. Gary Goff, uh, 10th quarterback taken off the board, going to NFC. And when we come back, Mark Paquette is going to join us. Talk a little DFS with him. We get that NFC update. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. And uh, you know, we got a lobby to get uh, Sean Engel a raise because perfect, perfect intro song uh, for uh, this segment where we have uh, Mark uh, Paquette joining us uh, uh, at DFS MLB Weather, George. Hey, good yeah, morning, guys. Uh, that's great. How you doing, Mark? I am well. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having me. I really like this. Oh, my pleasure. I got, I got to tell you, Mark, I discovered you uh, probably about two months ago. Uh, I, I don't know if someone told me uh, to follow you or to check you out or how I found you, but uh, I, got to, I think you're almost a must on Twitter. For anybody who plays DFS, for anybody who's gambling, which uh, a lot of us do here, I think you're a must because I find it very helpful. I'm a very conservative person. I get very worried when I, about uh, weather. And you tweet multiple times each day. This is Mark Paquette, everybody, DFS meteorologist at DFS MLB Weather on Twitter. And I love what you do because I follow your stuff now. And you, uh, you, you've helped me immensely. I guess my first question for you is 
How did you get started doing this to convert being a meteorologist towards DFS towards what you do? It's a great question, and uh, thanks for asking me that. So I've always been a huge sports fan, and I started working at AccuWeather in 2008, and it was the winter of 2015, and I was a newbie in the DFS industry, and I was dabbling and playing, and it was February, and if you remember, the Red Sox in Boston that, that winter had a, a really horrific winter in terms of snow uh, breaking. And I was like, you know what? When it comes to DFS, weather is going to play a big role in an MLB. So I started just sending out emails to as many people as I could find out that were associated with the industry. And um, it ended up being... Mike Leone and Drew Drinkmeyer at Daily Roto were the ones that got back to me, and and then we started an agreement, and I started forecasting for them. I soon after that left AccuWeather to try to do some other things on my own, and and that's how I really started in the industry here, that I saw that there was a need for that, and other people saw that as well, and, and that got me started. Great stuff, Mark, and, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your weekend to join us. So uh, let's get into the little uh, the meat of the, the, the matter here. So how deep can we get when it comes to predicting game outcomes based on weather conditions? So let's say, you know, we like to play fantasy. We like to play DFS. We like to put a bet in here and there. But let's say uh, if I'm looking to hit the over in a, in a baseball game, I mean, what type of weather conditions would be conducive to having a bunch of runs scored? I mean, obviously, wind's going to affect it. Uh, but w- what about things like... Like uh, humidity, high humidity, maybe, you know, I mean, how deep should we look into this? I mean, barometric pressure? I mean, what's, what causes a, a baseball to, to, to travel farther? Excellent questions, all of them. And then there's two main factors. Um, it's air density and it's wind. Now, air density is mm-hmm. a little bit more complicated. Air density can be influenced by three things, elevation, temperature and moisture content let's go to the easiest one elevation Coors field everyone knows the air is less dense there because they're roughly 5,000 feet above sea level the next closest parks are in arizona and atlanta and they're only about seven or eight hundred feet above sea level and the higher you get about sea, sea level the proportionally uh less dense the air gets so it's 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 way cores is automatically huge advantage when it comes to air density as compared to any park. There's been numerous studies on this. There's about 8 to 10% difference in a batted ball, the distance it will cover at cores as compared to, say, Fenway Park, which is at sea level just about. So that's first and mm-hmm. foremost. Now, the other two things also affect air density, temperature. The warmer it gets, the less air dense the air is as well. Unfortunately or fortunately, Elevation trumps everything, that it, it doesn't mm-hmm. – the, the moisture content and the temperature won't affect the air density as much as elevation does. That's why even on a 40-degree day at Coors in Denver in April, it's still going to be the best-hitting park in all of Major League Baseball by far. Now, when, mm-hmm. you, when it does get warm in the summer, it often gets humid, as you mentioned, humidity. Now, a common misconception in the meteorological industry is that you just look at relative humidity to see how humid the air is. That doesn't work for baseball. What you should be looking at is dew points. Dew points is a measure of the moisture content in the air. The more moisture is there is in the air, the less dense the air is. Again, like temperature, it doesn't compare to elevation, but it can make a small difference. And what you're looking for is dew points. Over 60, you start getting muggy. Dew points over 70, it's really oppressive. And the reason why the people would generally tell me, wait a minute, more moisture in the air, that means the ball won't carry as well. I was like, no, that's not physics. Air physics uh, <laughs> not get too complicated. The average atomic mass of an air molecule is 32. Water is H2O. H, hydrogen has one, and 16 is oxygen when it comes to their atomic mass. So that's 18. So the more 18s you put into the air, the slightly lower the 32s will get uh, that is just normal air. So the more moisture in the air, the less dense it is, the more the warmer it is, the less dense it is. And then, like I said, elevation trumps it all. Wind, 
you combine win with all of those three things, and those are the, the four influences of how a ball mm-hmm. will carry. Wow, that's a great answer. And yeah, that's that's <laughs> very answer. Yeah, Mark. Now, yeah. Like I said I'm a uh, I'm someone who's always looking at your your tweets for your percentages uh, when you say a uh, game's going to be delayed, yeah. going to be postponed. What I want to know is uh, I'm trying to get inside your head here. Now you're. Uh, for DFS, when you play yourself, when do you start worrying where you're not going to start pitchers? Because to me, that's always important, right? Because I don't want my pitcher to pitch two innings and miss you know, an hour rain delay not coming back. So I always look at your percentages. When you're, you're putting 10, 20, 30, when do you yourself start thinking, all right, if it was me, I wouldn't start this pitcher today? What percentage would, uh, does that equate to you? Where, hey, I'm not starting Max Scherzer today because he's got a 25% chance of a delay risk in-game. I like to think of it as 30. That's my threshold, that anything below that, more likely than not, it's not going to be a major issue. 30 or higher, you start looking at some major risks. The the whole delay thing when it comes to a pitcher is so tricky. I mean, it's all about when does that delay happen? How long is that delay going to last? How What kind of mood is the manager and the pitcher in? Are they going to bring them back in? We saw the perfect example of that. Patrick Corbin, his last start, it was against the Marlins, and it was obviously the, the game where he's honoring Tyler Skagg. So that a little bit of motion may played into it. They had an hour and 20-minute rain delay. Normally, the guideline is an hour or less. The pitcher, the starting pitcher, especially if it's early in the game, has a pretty good shot at coming back into the game. An hour or more, he's probably not going to come back in. This case, Corbin came back in, pitched seven really good innings. I believe the rain delay was in the second and third inning. But on the other side is dugout. The Marlins were very careful with Zach Galen. I think that's how you say his name. And he didn't come back out. So as a meteorologist, I can do a, a fairly good job at predicting the rain delays and when it will happen. And as I tell people all the time, it's all I, I don't have a good read at a manager's thinking, a pitcher's thinking, uh, a GM's thinking, the front office before the game, should we cancel this game because, A, our bullpen's really depleted and we need a day off. And you know what, let's just say we had the threat of rain and cancel it, i.e. the Nationals have done that more than one occasion. But, yeah, so 30% not get too long-winded into my answer. That's when I really start to really consider things. Yeah, uh, great stuff there, Mark. So, uh, continuing uh, our discussion about pitchers and how the weather uh, conditions affects their performance. Yeah, we hear, uh, especially uh, you know, early in the season and probably late in the season. But you hear it more earlier in the season, pitchers complaining about not being able to get that good grip on the ball if it's too cold. Uh, if you could just talk a little bit about that, maybe like you know, in terms of. You know how the the cold might affect the you know the the, the actual ball itself, and uh, you know how that might affect uh, you know uh, let's say us uh, uh, setting up our, our lineups in DFS, maybe even you know in season long, you know uh, you know trading for someone who let's say is playing in cold weather the first month or two, uh, you know someone might not be pitching very well, and a owner might just get you know antsy and, and look to move them. That's a great point, and it's a fine line. Um, generally, the cooler and drier the air is, the better it is for the pitcher just because the ball won't carry as well. However, there must be some point, like you said, where pitchers, they need to have that feel on the ball. They, their fingertips, their their just their hand in general is important to how their pitchers are going to behave. And if they don't have a comfortable feel on the ball – then more likely than not, they're not going to pitch really well. I, I would think that probably a good guideline of what temperature that is, somewhere in the 45 to 50-degree range, that above 50, yeah, it's chilly, but they can generally – they're not going to get numb in the fingers. Lower than that, that mm-hmm. can happen. I, I learned that in a start – I think it was David Price in 2015 when he was with the Tigers, and – the conditions were it's going to be in the upper 30s, windy, wind chills in the 20s. I was like, wow, this is great for pitchers. The ball isn't going to carry, the wind blowing in. But Price got blown up. I think he was, like, gone by the by the second inning, gave up, like, eight runs, one of his worst starts of his career. And turns out afterwards, I remember reading about the game, he goes, I hate pitching in the cold. I just can't feel the pitchers. I don't have a grip on the ball. 
I'm a Southern person. I'm not used to pitching in this type of cold. And, and that's a fine line you have to deal with. Um, on the other hand, we've all may have heard about Steven Strasburg not pitching well in high heat and humidity, or I shouldn't say humidity. As I said, it's more the higher dew points. Um, and a couple starts that has come true where if it's really warm and really oppressively muggy, he just he seems to melt. He's a thin guy, maybe doesn't have the endurance that a bigger guy like Scherzer would have. Um, but, yeah, there is a fine line when it comes to the cold. The air physics would say that favors the pitcher, but that isn't always the case if the pitcher doesn't like pitching in the cold. Mm. All right, Mug, let's get to today's games. Do we have any yeah. worries about today's games? Yeah, Pittsburgh, I mean, the good thing is, is that a cold front went through. Uh, we've had all this rain in the Northeast and the Great Lakes over the last week or two. The cold front is offshore, but unfortunately it's left in its way a rather humid, muggy air mass. So there'll be some pop-up thunderstorms. That seems to be Pittsburgh. The good news is there, it looks like the game will start dry. And so often in Major League Baseball, if the game starts, they do whatever they can to finish it. So I'm really not too worried about uh, bats there, but arms could be a concern. It, It looks like as we go later in the afternoon, the better chance of a thunderstorm. So I would think that the risk is probably by the third or fourth inning of 30% of higher for a delay. Um, not that I'm looking to use Musgrove, and I'm not even sure. Who, oh, isn't it Chase Anderson, I think, for Milwaukee? Looking to roster those for DFS purposes. But if I was, I would be a little concerned there. Cincinnati, D.C. have a small chance of a pop-up thunderstorm, really nothing to be too concerned about. And the same deal in Atlanta. It's a really small risk as well. So not a huge uh, concern day for weather. Mark, have you uh, had an opportunity to apply uh, your expertise in terms of weather and how it uh, affects players to the NFL? Yeah, I was going to mention, I MLB DFS Weather is my Twitter handle for Major League Baseball. I have the opposite uh, for uh, Twitter for NFL, and I just want to double-check it because the beginnings are reversed. Uh, it is, let me show you or tell you, um, it's NFL DFS Weather is my NFL Twitter handle. So uh, it doesn't start with DFS, it starts with NFL. And, I mean, the big difference between baseball and NFL when it comes to weather is that NFL games cancel what, maybe once in every 10 years, something like that. Uh, and mainly just mm-hmm. due to torrential rain or a tropical storm coming in. And if there's a tropical storm or hurricane, usually you get a couple days notice and it's not like last minute, like a baseball game, but obviously weather can play a role in the NFL. Um, what, I generally see is that winds over 15 miles an hour can affect both the pitching, I mean the pitching, the the throwing and kicking games, especially if it's a crosswind. And there have been studies about uh, temperature, that the lower the temperature, the more likely a team will run the ball. Um, And if late in the season, if it's uh, in Green Bay and it's going to be 25 degrees, the visiting team may tend to run the ball a lot more than pass the ball, while the home team, it doesn't seem to affect as much, uh, maybe because they're more used to that weather conditions. Aaron Rodgers has been playing in Green Bay for, what, 12 years now. Tom Brady been playing in New England for 20 years. So they sort of get used to um, bad conditions in terms of cold as a home quarterback. But, yeah, so I'll be doing the same thing for NFL that I do for MLB right on that Twitter handle. And it's generally, I'll start do like an outlook, uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, to try to get that Thursday night game in there. Um, but mm-hmm. certainly Sunday, mon- Sunday morning, I'm a, lot, I'm a lot more active on it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised 15 miles per hour, huh? I mean, I always knew that wind was a big factor, you know, when it comes to, what about rain in terms of like a quarterback being able to grab the football? Yeah, I mean, that's a role, too. Uh, uh, generally, and this isn't a scientific study, I find that lighter rain, it really doesn't impact it too much, but a heavier downpour certainly can and will. So that's one thing you one look minute, for. Yes. And early in the season, uh, you look for, like, places like that have still thunderstorms around, like Tampa, 
for the potential for that. Or later in the season when you just get a, a normal mid-latitude storm where it can just be pretty soaking rain, like in Cleveland or Pittsburgh, something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, look, this has been really enlightening, and we hope to have you on again, uh, maybe through the season. This is great. Uh, Mark Paquette uh, at DFS MLB Weather. And give me your uh, your football handle again, please. NFL DFS Weather. Awesome. Okay. Great awesome. stuff, Mark. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck with uh, playing some DFS today, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Very good, very good. Let's make some money today. Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Seventies tune from the Jackson Five when they were the Jackson Five, then they became the Jacksons. And Michael went out on his own, and did what he did, and uh, welcome to the last segment of a weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network. And uh, winning your fantasy leagues could be easy as ABC and one, two, three. If you listen to me and George, right, George, you got some uh, lineup news for us uh, for MLB this afternoon. All right, so throughout Major League Baseball, uh, if you didn't hear last night, uh, Arietta has a bone spur in his elbow. Jake Arietta of the Philadelphia Phillies. He will need surgery at some point. They're not saying if it'll be immediately or if they'll be to the end of the we we'll wait till the end of the season. He's given up 14 earned runs now in his last 16 innings pitched. Uh, I don't know if you want to keep pitching through this, if that's the reason he's pitching so poorly of late. Was having a good season or a solid season up until this point. But now uh, Arietta Bonespur eventually will need that surgery. We mentioned earlier Bumgarner got hit on the elbow last night. He's okay. Uh, Scooter Gannett out of the lineup today. Carrasco has uh, begun working out. So that's a fantastic sign for Carlos Carrasco. Maybe he can return by the end of the month or in early August. For the Yankees, no LeMayhew today, no Torres today. Aaron Boone having fun with his lineup again has done this quite often why he needs the why he feels the need that all these Yankees need days off and they just had I think what <laughs> three days off in the past seven days is beyond me and now they're gonna have four mm-hmm. more days and off before the all-star break I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right I guess when you have a, a big lead you can afford to do that but uh, no LeMayhew no Torres today against Charlie Morton you might have run on the thought maybe you want to put those guys in the lineup see if you can put Tampa Bay away here but hey that's just me uh, Corey Dickerson mm-hmm. he's out of the lineup for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates Michael Brantley is back in for the Houston Astros he'll play today Kristen Yelich Going to get a day off as well today for the Milwaukee Brewers. Vladimir Guerrero is back in the lineup. Brian Anderson still out for your Miami Marlins. Danzy Swanson, we were told he wasn't going to play Friday and Saturday and that he would play Sunday. The Atlanta Braves were telling the truth. Swanson back in today. Mm, Michael, Conforto, <laughs> sore, mm. Michael Conforto, sore back, out for the New York Mets. Mm. So Arietta has the, uh, the bone spurs in his elbow, but... Uh, He's talking like a tough guy. He thinks he still could uh, put a dent in Todd Frazier's head with a few bone spurs in his elbow. Not going to stop him. Yeah, Frazier, to his credit, took the high road today and said uh, Arietta could say whatever he wants. A, bottom line is this. All right, it's easy to talk when well, you're in the clubhouse, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's all just BS right. anyway. Arietta could say all oh, the tough. T-. And maybe Arietta is a tough guy. I don't know. Maybe he could put a dent in Frazier's mm-hmm. head. But it's uh, yeah, just, to I me, think it's just cheesy to say it to the, to the media. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. You know, like I said, in my mind, if Frazier wanted a piece of him last night, go and get a piece of him. You know, go. Don't mm-hmm. talk about it. You know, don't go down the first baseline, join Adam and point and Adam and all this other crap. Go. Just go. Take your mm-hmm. five-game suspension and go. You know, when you, when you do this, all the, all the crap, you're going to join and yelling. Like I said, I do understand the Mets' frustration. 
you know, because uh, not, not not the Frazier hit, but there was a Dario hit that happened five minutes after the warnings had been given. But both hits were on change-ups. Nobody is hitting anybody on purpose with a change-up. All right? It's not happening. You know, the pitchers got away from him. I said, I get the frustration. I understand that. But you got to understand the game, too. You know, if you're going to get drilled, it's going to be the fastball. Probably a 3-0 fastball at that. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, those weren't on purpose. Uh, the Mets, are just it's, it's been a frustrating season for the Mets. You and I already detailed it in the first segment. Uh, and maybe, hey, mm-hmm. Frazier's also one of those guys, by the way, who could be dealt. He's actually having a solid season for the Mets. He may be on his way out as well. Yeah, be coming on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, great segment uh, with uh, Mark uh, Paquette. You can follow him at DFS MLB Weather, at DFS NFL Weather as well. Really some eye-opening stuff uh, from him. Uh, talked about, you know, when you talk about high humidity, uh, you should look at the dew point as well, uh, over 60 and especially over 70. Uh, more moisture, the, the ball's going to travel further. Also, I, I thought it was interesting with when it comes to NFL that winds as slight as 15 miles per hour can affect the, the kicking game. And uh, the, I think he also said the passing game as well. But uh, definitely a great follow. And, uh, you know, uh, at uh, DFS MLB Weather, at DFS NFL Weather. So that was good stuff, George. Oh, yeah, like I said, I, uh, I wasn't kidding. I think he's a must uh, for a daily player. If you're playing DFS or if you're gambling, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because you know, for DFS, if there's a chance that there's going to be a delay in game, A, you want to know when that delay is. Is it going to be, you know, two innings in, six innings in? Because if, it, if it's two innings in, you're going to lose your starting pitcher. That, obviously, you don't want that pitcher in DFS then. Gambling, for obvious reasons, you may mm-hmm. not want to bet the game. You know, if you're going to lose a starting pitcher, you're going to be in a bullpen game. Or, as we see in gambling, the game get, gets postponed. You're in a parlay. That parlay is now done. Maybe you want to pick another team for a parlay. So uh, it goes on and on as to why it's important to know the weather. That's why I asked him that question because about his percentages because I need to know what he's thinking. When does he get worried mm-hmm. according to his percentages? He said 30%, which is, it's the number I thought that he was uh, when he starts to get worried, but I want to know his thinking there because I do follow him, and I, I've canceled games where I, or I've changed pitches, I've changed DFS lines because of what he said. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking. On a Sunday afternoon, I'm not going to see 15. I'm not going to look at the map of 15 weathers. I can just follow him, and he, he points it out to you each game that has worries. And Cam and I talk about it. It's so where you're, you're informed. You make an informed opinion, and I think that's all anybody, any of us can ever ask. I don't need him to be right. Mm-hmm. I need him to say the information, and then I can make an informed opinion after that. We know weather's not an exact science. Right. Eh? Sometimes storms are going to be worse. Sometimes they're not going to hit at all. But now I know. Mm-hmm. You know now I know what's going on here. And uh, maybe for me, this makes me breathe a little easier, feel a little better about myself. But, yeah, I think uh, weather mm-hmm. in baseball is extremely important, and I will follow him in football as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um, anyone, uh, you're uh, up with uh, Camp Stewart uh, in about uh, ten minutes or so for weekend wagers. Uh, anyone in particular? I don't want you to give up your whole, uh, you know, you know, strategy. But anyone in particular that uh, starting pitchers that you're going to uh, target or uh, stay away from, or or. Or start to just if you want to throw one out there. Or any anybody like that you, that you really like it today? Oh, uh, you don't have to worry, Joe. Cam and I give our lineups, <laughs> so it's not like uh, no. We, but I, uh, I give up my whole lineup. But but I understand. I understand that. But I just I want people to listen to your show. I don't want you to give up your or, you know your entire lineups ah. in this show. You know what I mean? I'm trying I to get see. your ratings, well, buddy. We, we, yeah, yeah. We we play multiple we play multiple slates here. It's not a problem. We get to change it around. Uh, you know, going a late slate early. I know some people won't give out their lineups. I get that, but there are so many different contests. What are the odds of someone finding me? You know, uh, whether they're going to uh-huh. you know, have the same lineup as me. I get why uh, people in our industry don't, but it's not something I uh, overly worry about all that much here. So uh, right. I, I just don't panic about it. I, in, my, in my mind, it's our job. That's mm-hmm. My job is to uh, give, give it out, what I would do. P- people may not like what I choose anyway. You know, I didn't choose Scherzer yesterday because mm-hmm. I didn't want to pay with 12200 for him. Uh, it was just too expensive for me. I went with... Uh, in my main lineup, I did have shares in some lesser lineups, uh, but I went with, uh, what, Max Fried? That didn't work out. Desclafani pitched well, didn't get a win. I guess that didn't work out either, rather than paying up for uh, Scherzer and, uh, and or Bieber yesterday. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Anyway, today, uh, when you look at the pitchers out there, uh, Charlie Morton's number one. I'm looking at DraftKings for anybody who's wondering. Uh, Charlie Morton is at 11-3. Mm-hmm. Got rocked by the Yankees the last time he faced them. I do like him somewhat today. 
I mentioned no LeMayhew, no Torres. Yankees going with a lesser lineup here. Uh, they called up somebody from the AAA to play second base. I just don't get this, why the Yankees do this. And it's not even Estrada. It's the guy they claimed off uh, waivers from the Giants earlier in the year. I don't even know. It's strange. I, I, I never understand why the uh, Yankees do, why Boone does things like this. Uh, you tell me LeMayhew and <laughs> or Torres can't play today? Really? They have four days off coming. I know when they're playing in the Austin, uh, whatever. Uh, it, it seems to work for them, so whatever. Uh, there are a lot of top choices yeah. today, though. Uh, Corbin, 10,900 against well, KC. We know KC, not far from the greatest team on the planet. Uh, Nola today, 10,600. No Conforto in the lineup today for the Mets. That makes that a little bit more exciting as Cor- uh, Nola's pitched better of late. I like Trevor Bauer, but that's ten grand against Cleveland. David Price, 9,800 against Detroit. Bottom line is you have lots of guys you can go with here. Uh, if you're looking to go cheaper, you know we always want a cheap option to get some better bats in the lineup. Dallas Keuchel, 8,600 against Miami. I don't hate it. You know, I don't, I don't think Keiko's quite hit his uh, stride yet, but he's somebody I could think about right. as far as going in there. Uh, I'm looking for, if you want to go, uh, LeClerc is, is just an opener for Texas, by the way, so don't be putting him in your lineup. He's just opening. He's not going to close there. There are no super cheap options. 4200 you want to go Nova against the uh, Chicago Cubs? I probably don't. So I think um, today's going to be a day, Joe, where I pay up for pitching. I don't think I'm going to go my, I don't think I'm going to go, 11,003 for Morton. Probably not even 10,9 for, uh, for Corbin. I'm probably going to go 9,800 for Price. I think he'll be one guy. And maybe Paxton, or I don't trust him, or Keiko. Mm-mm. And the second baseman that you're talking about uh, making his debut for the Yankees is uh, Bravik Valera. So uh, making his debut for the yeah, Yankees. Yeah, he won't be in my lineup. Uh, no. And, uh, no. Yeah, I no. wouldn't put him in my lineup. No. Uh, uh, looking at his career numbers, batting three thirty three against left-handed pitching, but uh, uh, Morton's a right-hander, so uh, yeah. so uh, actually had some, I, I, I don't know three twenty two ten homers in the AAA level this season, so yeah, I don't know. Like you said, uh, it's been working for Boone, so we just. <laughs> Take it Sometimes I think Boone's like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna throw, let's throw this lineup out there. See if I can. These guys win in spite of Boone. I think. I, mean, I swear the Yankees are so uh, mm-hmm. have so much talent on that roster. No matter what he throws out there, they can still win games. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. like I said, he just he rests people a lot. He's like, no one's allowed to play mm-hmm. more than four days in a row without a rest. It's it's, it's strange. Right. Uh, certainly keep him fresh, but uh, like I said, today you're playing Tampa, a second place team. Charlie Morton, one of the best pitchers in the game. I'd like to see a full lineup today and see if we can uh, see if the Yankees can put Tampa away. Right. It'll be eight and a half out, I think, if they win today. Uh, rather than rest LeMayu, rest Torres. They're getting four days off. They'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. All right. So well, uh, I guess we'll stick with uh, baseball. How about some uh, waiver wire moves for this week? Uh, Mauricio Dubon, shortstop for the Brewers, got called up. Uh, Orlando Arcia has been hurt. Uh, so uh, Dubon has uh, some nice... Career numbers, 298, 345, 423, triple slash in the minors. This season, 14 home runs, 42 runs batted in, uh, 306 batting average. It's in the PCL, which is a very hitter-friendly uh, minor league. league. So uh, I don't know. I guess it's a short-term ad if you really needed somebody. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, with this with this all-star break, I don't know if it's worth going after a guy like Mauricio Dubois. Depends how long RC is going to be hurt for, no? RC is fine. Expect him back immediately after the All-Star break. Don't worry about Dubois. Immediately. Okay. All right. How about uh, Matt Dice uh, uh, from the Angels? Uh, Tommy LaStella on the IL for a while. Fractured tibia. Don't tell me he's going to be fine. <laughs> uh, well, I, get, I think uh, he'll be fine eventually. Uh, eventually, we'll send our prayers out to him. But uh, Matt Dice, uh, 274, 14 home runs, 49 ribbies and 79 uh, games. Any interest in uh, Matt Dice? Uh, deeper leagues, you know, obviously AL-only leagues. Uh, anything other than that, uh, Lestella is out for a while. You know, and listen, it mm-hmm. wouldn't shock me for the rest of the season. I don't think we'll see him until September at the earliest there. Uh, for those who don't know, Lestella fouled the ball. a breakout. He's had a fantastic year. Uh, he fouled the ball yeah. off his, uh, off his uh, tibia, right? So that's what fractured it. So uh, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, we're not going to see him for a mm-hmm. bit. Uh, he's a guy, by the way, Lestella, if you don't have an IL, IL slot, I'd move on. Yeah, at this point in the season, uh, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. September at the earliest, I, I'm I'm okay with moving on here. As for Thais, uh, you should be able to do better on your waiver wire or, or even on your roster here. Uh, it's just a shot in the dark if you're claiming him. You know, uh, mm-hmm. he's a prospect sort of, but nothing fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
How about A.J. Pollock? Reports have him returning to the Dodgers as early as next week. And we had Matty Modica as a guest on our show yesterday. He says he uh, has, uh, I believe he said he had several shares of him. So uh, that's a pretty quick recovery for A.J. Pollock. I thought he'd be out a little longer. Had surgery uh, on his elbow, had an infection due to some of the hardware that was, uh, you know, that was left over from, uh, from previous injuries. What do you think about uh, A.J. Pollock? Now he's injury prone. Okay, this guy, this guy's a very good ball player who can't stay healthy. Uh, you just hope he lasts mm-hmm. the rest of the season. I mean, listen, I assume he's not on the waiver wire. If he is, you should have claimed him a while ago. Uh, he will be back when he plays. He he hits. He produces. The problem is he gets hurt. You know, if you're asking he's going to stay healthy for the rest of the year, what do they got about seventy five games left? My guess would be no. You know, he'll suffer another injury eventually. <laughs> but when he, you're still claiming him. It doesn't matter. You have to claim him. He's an outfielder two, outfielder three uh, when healthy. So he's well worth the claim here. Right. Uh, how about Eric Thames being uh, back on the fantasy map? Uh, owned in 77% of ESPN leagues. 267 batting average, 13 home runs, 36 ribbies. That's a 528 slugging percentage. Jesus Aguiar, man. Last season, the 35 home runs, 108 RBIs. This season, still, still struggling. 209 batting average with just six home runs and 182 at-bats. Any interest in Thames? Very little. Uh, once again, where's he helping you? You know, some power there, but you, that shouldn't be necessary. No speed, no average. Uh, the thing with Thames is this. They still have, you know, too many batters for too few slots. So he goes into any kind of slump and Aguilar has to play better. Well, then Aguilar plays and Thames sits or Ryan Braun mm-hmm. sits or whatever it is. You know, Kane and Yelich aren't sitting. So, uh, like I said, it, it's a numbers game there. Uh, right now, Thames is hitting, so he gets to play. But that'll change eventually. Mm-hmm. I just don't see where... I mean, utility, you got nobody else, fine. But he's a guy you, you weigh against three, four other guys. And I have no problem starting the hot guy that we keep talking about that I keep saying you'll drop in three weeks. That, that sounds negative, mm-hmm. but I'd probably rather have that guy for three weeks than Thames for three weeks. You know, I'll, I'll take the hot You're guy gonna... for three weeks and find another hot guy. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be surprised. 308 batting average in his last 31 games. Uh, started 24 of them, eight uh, home runs, 16 uh, ribbies. And I, I looked at his splits, like, expecting, like, you know, some drastic splits, either against lefties or righties or home or away. But, uh, you know, pretty pretty consistent this year. But I get what you're saying. You know, you go Wait with the hot hand for now. And, yeah, you don't have a problem with that. So, all right. So uh, as we head out, uh, other uh, waiver wire moves, uh, guys, to look at. Uh, we talked about Nate Ivaldi last yesterday uh, after – the all-star break uh, probably going to be the uh, Red Sox closer. So uh, Denilson Lamette, uh, San Diego starter, uh, you know, a couple of guys like that. Uh, you, you, will you be putting in any bids on Eovaldi, any, any of your teams? Yes, definitely. We all need saves, yeah. man. It's a weird year for saves. It's always a weird year for saves. Mm-hmm. If Eovaldi's out there, we're all bidding on him. It's a shame we didn't know this a week ago. We got him a little cheaper. His price is going to be pretty high tonight. Yeah. Very good. As always, great talking to you, George. Had a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Sean Angle producing our show. Stay tuned for Weekend Wagers. Got Cam Stewart and my friend George Kurtz going to help you win some money today. Thanks for tuning in. Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network.